When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. You all set for retirement, mate? Yeah. My sister will look after me. Claire, did you win the lotto? Not my sister. My C-Bus super income stream. Sis. Oh, right. With as little as $80,000 super, sis works with the pension to provide a steady paycheck even after you retire. CBUS, for all of us. To consider if CBUS is right for you, go to cbussuper.com.au for PDS. I had to go about it, write it out and find it myself And there's some stories I can tell you this is the final word, India Daily, with Jeff Lemon and Adam Collins. We're in Melbourne. We didn't go to Sydney because if we went to Sydney, we wouldn't be allowed out of Sydney without quarantining for two weeks to get into any other state, and that would mean we couldn't go to Brisbane. So we made a call, and that was it. So we're, we're wandering around various sites of Melbourne to record these podcasts. We're doing this one in the Royal Botanic Gardens, uh, next to the Shrine of Remembrance, next to St Kilda Road, and we saw the start of the Sydney test today. Adam, we got some play. You can stand in my shadow if you want, literally so. and figuratively. Just trying to get out of the sun. If you're looking at this in an audio medium, this is not going to help. But there was cricket today, and I would like you to summarise it for me in 30 seconds or less. It'll be an easy day to summarise Australia. Two for 166 at the close, winning the toss and batting. They lost all up 35 overs, thanks to the quintessential Sydney rain. Bukowski, lovely on debut, May 62. Chancy, but still, great day for Australian cricket. Manus Labuschagne is beyond 50 himself at the close, and Steve Smith's going very nicely for the first time this summer. Jeff. Very nice, very nice. The only thing omitted was uh, the return of little Davy Warner, oh, yes. who came back from his groin strain. He still has some tendon pain, this is my <laughs> understanding of it, and he did look like he was in a bit of pain out there when he had to run between the wickets quickly, didn't look very comfortable doing so. Made five and then played a massive booming drive uh, at Mohamed Siraj to give him a test wicket. Got a big nick outside the off stump and nicked it through to Chiteshwa Pajara and it was a curious kind of return for Warner. This was always the risk that he would look uncomfortable running between the wickets, which he did almost immediately. The first quick single they took he was grimacing and he was out Four overs later, a wild whoosh outside the off stump. Hasn't played a red ball game since his corresponding mm. test match 12 months ago against New Zealand at Sydney. So, I mean, when you consider that he's injured and not played red ball cricket and as 
you know, as he freely admitted and we talked about on the on the weekly show, it's very rare that you see a player enter a test match declaring themselves mm. unfit. But in any case, there'll be more scrutiny on that after the second innings, I suppose. And the pressure transferred to Pekofsky. Yeah, first time of asking in test cricket and looked solid from the outset. Heaps of time. Great touch, soft hands. And yeah, sure, there were a couple of chances on 26 and 32. Both were dropped by Richard Punt, and I'm sure we'll come to that mm-hmm. in greater depth. But the fact that they got him into the team at the expense of Travis Head, look, hindsight's a wonderful thing. And we were obviously worried about other elements of the Pekoski inclusion. But um, for a first effort at test level, he looks the part. He looked unworried by the short ball. He did get bounced, not excessively, but a bit. And he, he was pretty much a compulsive hook kind of player. He took on just about every short ball they bowled to him. Ducked a few, but for the most part played. Got a couple of top edges, scored some runs with it. Some streaky, some less so. But it looked like that was his method, was take it on at, at all opportunities. Yeah, certainly early on. I, f- I felt that was more a function of his nerves than sort of a strategic effort to hook at everything. Mm. Missed one. I think he got a top edge on another. That's actually how he was dropped on 32. So the second time when yeah. uh, Mohamed Siraj got above his left shoulder and he took it on and it was dropped by Punt who was running back with the flight and didn't collect it before hitting the turf. In fact, he missed it altogether. It hit the top of his glove and he nearly um, collected it on the rebound but the third umpire ruled that out, ruled that not out more mm. to the point. Um, and that wasn't long after he'd edged the, the drifted arm ball from Ashwin which has been such a weapon for the Indian spinner so far in the series collecting a couple of wickets mm. so close to it to a third today but also Punt with the clumsy gloves and I suppose before the series Jeff a lot was made of Ritam and Saha being the primary keeper in other mm. words going with their best gloveman yep. uh, and they reverted from that to a different path after one test when they were bowled out for 36 and Rishabh Punt was valuable uh, in Melbourne his with 29 in Melbourne yeah. made sense I mean they look a better team with him in it as far as batting is concerned yep. but um, I'm sure that'll be a question we come back to time and time again with India while Saha and Punt are both in contention well I noticed the number of times that Punt today took a ball from the spinners while standing on one leg you know yeah. sort of moving getting wrong footed or coming up too quickly and most of the time he pouched the ball when he was taking it but often would be standing on one foot doing it and you think well can you really have much balance as a keeper when that's what you're doing the one that he dropped from Ashwin he was sort of snatching at it you know went at it hard rather than sort of letting the ball come to him and then the one that you know the one from the quick went over the top of him got the tips of the gloves tipped it up turned around and tried to catch it diving back and I think that's one that's going to be talked about a lot because he claimed it he didn't there was no part of him kinda he kinda claimed it I think he was talked into claiming it by Jiteshwa Bajara at mm. first slip who, who thought that he caught it I think Punt was a bit sheepish on the way up I was yeah. calling at the time and I kind of went with Punt's initial response which was he's unsure I think he's dropped it but, but I don't Bajara think he said to the umpire I'm not sure like there wasn't yeah. a signal from what I saw he didn't he didn't kind of gesture to the umpire that I don't know about that one he did seem to be saying oh well I'll claim it and they'll check it and they did and it pretty clearly bounced between he, he was trying to bring his gloves together on it as it came down to the turf and it landed on the ground as he closed his hands around it so if he'd had another foot to fall he might have caught it but yep. he caught it with the aid of the ground and uh, I don't know Just I think people are going to smash him for it they um, might I, I don't think they should because you never really know I think uh, when you're coming down with you, you've got the gloves underneath well mm. sorry sometimes you know of course sometimes you know but I, I reckon he was genuinely unclear yeah. and it was Pajara who I think he, you know I don't, I'm not questioning Pajara's integrity either here by the way I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt because they do have the, the technology there for precisely that and they, they yep. arrived at the correct decision but sort of stepping back from the, that one instance I suppose it's how they're going to reconcile Punt mm. and Saha even indeed for the fourth test match given they're, they're both here and it's in it, in it, it's an inact 
it's an inexact science. Mm. I'll have three goes at that. <laughs> um, with with this as well, I appreciate that yeah. the data from Crickviz, for example, they say, well, don't worry about it. Play the better batsman when you've got a choice between the two. Mm. I also see Ian Chappell's perspective saying, why on earth would you consider sacrificing half chances? Like, let's call the, the first one a half chance to be generous to part, mm. the one-off Ashwin. Yep. They can make all the difference in a, in a high-scoring test match. Yeah, and I think particularly in a, a situation where your best bowler is your spinner, in yeah. this case, you've, you've got a relatively, you know, well, not relatively, you've got Very an extremely inexperienced yeah. bowling attack. We forget, I think, that this is Jasper Boomer's 17th test match. Yes. He's never played in India. He's played, a, what, five, six tours overseas. And it's not his go. Uh, like to, he's, he's not the guy who's played 60 or 70 tests. He seems senior because he's so good. But then alongside him, he's got a guy playing his second test and a guy on debut as his fast bowling colleague. So if your spinner in Ravichandran Ashwin mm. is your best bowler, then maybe you have to give them the best possible support, you know? Yeah, um, yeah. The, the, I don't know. But then I guess you look at Rishabh Pant's 100 that he made last time he played at the SCG and you think, well, why would you sacrifice that? Yeah, it's going to continue to uh, bounce back and forth in much the same way that I think we're going to continue to debate the Australian batting lineup. I mean, from Australia's perspective, what they mm. really, really wanted was runs from Smith and, and runs from Lapachain, the engine room. They put on yep. 156 at uh, Sydney last year and that's the last time that Smith really looked in control at that test level. Of course, they didn't play at all last mm-hmm. year with the exception of that match and, and Adelaide and Melbourne. So small sample size, but he looked at ease from the outset. He hadn't hit a boundary so far in this series, which I, th- I thought was kind of striking. Mm. Uh, or hit, not striking, as, as it were. And he, and he hit five of those in the space of 30 balls at the crease and yeah. hit well down the ground, used his feet to Ashwin nicely, transferred pressure back onto Ashwin after he got on top of Australia early on. I think mm-hmm. he conceded seven runs from his first five overs and then maybe 40 runs from his next five. So they, yeah. they found a way to tick the board over against the main weapon that India have got. The quick viz... Uh, guys summed up that it was the highest percentage of boundaries that Australia had taken off Ashwin, like as in out, right. out of the deliveries that he'd bowled, um, they'd, they'd hit more of them for four than they'd done facing him at any other time, which is interesting. Yeah, and on the other side of that, Will Pekoski hit seven threes today, and I, we got quite deep and dark in that, didn't we? Seven threes out of 62. Um, <laughs> if you had have hit 11 threes at some point, you need to get into players that have made 250 and above wow. to have had 11 threes in an innings. Anyway, moot points. he got himself out. Wow. Um, and, and, he, and he kind of, you know, did not get himself out. It was a good delivery from Saini, but yeah. falling across himself, there will be a lot of scrutiny on that, given that he did play that shot well, but that's his disposition. Mm. He does lean over, not too dissimilar to a young Ricky Ponting, actually. So yep. when that comparison will prevail, but it was his downfall. He didn't review. I thought that was classy. He, he just knew he was out and What and I liked particularly was that he was just starting to walk and Marnus was like, hang on, hang on, hang on. And Pekofsky just turned to him and said, plum, <laughs> and kept going. <laughs> so, you know. A touch of class. Old yeah. school. He wasn't young. Head old school. He wasn't Cameron Greened into taking the review just no. because someone else told him to. No, that's right. Um, and I think it was Trent Copeland who said that he, that method of dismissal, that's how they get him out. That's how they try to get him out in shield cricket. They said right. that's always the go because he does move across and he was consistently going back to the spinners. He was always trying to play off the back foot and, and forcing away through the offside. So they're things that might work on you know, like what was a pretty docile batting pitch but you know that, that may not be something that's sustainable in more difficult conditions. The toss was super important it's a slow track considerably slower than it was mm. here at Melbourne last week where it's a beautiful day I should add glorious uh, weather yeah. here at Melbourne at whatever time we're recording about uh, 7pm seven seven yeah. uh, still you can still be playing cricket out here right now compared to all the rain interruptions we mm-hmm. had today and we'll probably have tomorrow and the day after at the SCG but I digress it was a really important toss to win we know that <laughs> over the last 10 years Sydney is the 
highest scoring ground in Australia and Australia will have the benefit of returning on day two where it tends to be the best day to bat there. Two wickets down, Smith yes. set and Labuschagne, who wasn't set early on, I, I, he put on 100 with Pekofsky but he was the junior partner in that stand as far as run scoring was concerned and, and ease at the crease and as soon as Smith arrived he, he found his rhythm yep. and now the two of them together, well they've, they've put on 60 odd at the close and I wouldn't be surprised if that's you know 160 or 260 at some point tomorrow. Can I just say this is going to be controversial but I was kind of relieved that Will Pekofsky didn't turn up partly just because it would have been like such a massive story and it would have all been piled on top of him and partly because you mentioned the two drop catches he also should have run himself out when he yep. was on about 40 when he tried to come back for a third run came three quarters of the way down and somehow Boomer on the boundary just didn't look at the middle and didn't realise that both the batsmen were at the same end just kind of casually underarmed the ball back <laughs> instead of throwing it in should have run him out by half the pitch and, and I, I don't know like I know this is something we disagree on but I kind of figure if you should have been out three times before 40 and then everyone's celebrating your glorious 100 maybe it wasn't that good you know I'd rather see him get 100 when he's really good yeah we disagree because I think that uh, giving chances is a part of cricket and mm. it, it's, it's how you respond to that and look he, he was batting really well after that second chance before getting out after tea so mm. it, had he made it to 100 we would have celebrated it anyway and it would have been a great triumph for the system too but I think it is anyway the fact that he's a, a traditional product of that pathway you know under 17s under 19s you know the talent identification program the Sheffield Shield remember this is not some mm. sort of some modern player he, he's very classical as far as the way he's set up to play test cricket he's not yeah. sort of blasting runs in the big bash on a, on a Thursday then turning out for Victoria in February and, and yep. making hundreds that are run a ball or anything he, he's doing it the old school way and, and as Chris Rogers pointed out on our call today, the disparity between short form cricket, which he compared to a combination of sometimes golf and baseball mm-hmm. and test cricket has never been <laughs> never been wider and that's a thing we should enjoy and celebrate too, I, I should add. I'm not, I'm not saying that everyone should fit into every hole yeah. but the fact that Will comes from you know the, the first way of doing it is of interest to me and it's going to be a fascinating career to track over the next few years. I say this as someone who likes test cricket, the combination of golf and baseball sounds like truly the most boring sport <laughs> ever Conceived. We're at the halfway mark. We're going to take a quick break and then come back for the Hall of Fame for today and to throw forward today too. A quick word about our sponsors, Seabus Super. They do superannuation. Uh, they were asking us to think about 1998, Adam, when Mark Taylor became the fourth Australian to make a double, triple, a double, triple, a triple, double. He did a gymnastics thing. A triple century in test cricket. Uh, most memorable innings. An unbeaten 334. That last ball of the day, had he beat Ejaz Ahmed, he would have overtaken Don Bradman, but instead, that's what he closed on at the end of day two, 3-3-4. And so he had that point overnight where he was thinking about whether he would go on the next day and, and break the record or whether he should stay where he'd accidentally ended up, uh, level with the Don. But whatever he thought, in, in, in the deep of the night, he made the right decision. He made the right call and history will always remember that. And that is our lesson for today, that you have to know when it's time to declare and enjoy the fruits of your labour. In our context, that is why CBUS has an advice team so they can help you plan for retirement when the time is right to call a stop, which is something you may have trouble admitting that you have to do, Adam. Can't stop, won't stop. Yes, I should probably start planning for that. Consider CBUS today. You can visit cbussuper.com.au forward slash the final word. Get yourself a PDS in aid of that decision and remember that past performance is not a reliable indicator of future performance. Back to the show.
It's the final word, India Daily. The daily show that we do uh, each day of the Test Match. How many times can I say day? Let's see, day, day, day. Uh, it's, it's day one of Sydney. Uh, the Hall of Fame today, what caught your eye? I mean, the, the Pekofsky near run out was pretty good with yeah. Boomer running after it, falling over, thinking he hurt his ankle, and then with his back turned, just flicking the ball back to mid-wicket where Ravi Ashram was desperately going like, give me the ball, and couldn't get it in in time. That was, that was solid. Yeah, uh, the one I saw and immediately thought, Hall of Fame, Seabus Hall of Fame, Seabus Hall of Fame, <laughs> was when Marnus Labuschagne put the bat handle mm-hmm. through the grill okay. and started tending to it with his mouth, Okay, which is not an not, orthodox no, way no. of dealing with your back grip. It looked as though there was a bit sort of <laughs> hanging over the top of the back grip, <laughs> as it were, and he was just trying to fold it back <laughs> with his lips. Uh, I'm sorry, but I'm just reporting what I saw. Yeah, so, um, so what... What, it was explained uh, to me as you have to blow air in under the back grip to move it down. And so that's what he was trying to do. Okay. Or at least that's what he told his parents when they walked in on him. I'm just putting it. Uh, well, I mean, it was an unorthodox way of yeah. getting the grip down. Yeah. I've seen the I've seen the, the shuffle method mm-hmm. where you get two hands and sort yeah. of just yeah. uh, that that'll help the momentum exactly. of getting it mm-hmm. down. I've seen the the knocking method okay. around the edges. This won't work on the podcast, but yeah. it will on the YouTube video. Yeah. Yeah. The knocking it down like that. I've never seen the the the, the fellatio method, shall we call okay. it? Uh, so, but that for me was Hall of Fame worthy. Yeah. All right. Well, the other thing that I'd like to throw in, and this didn't happen at the cricket today, but it did happen today. In America, we're big fans on the final word of cricketers nicknamed Tip, uh, as in Reginald Tip Foster. Yes. Uh, Tip Snook, the former yes. captain of South Africa. Now, you may or may not be familiar with your political history of the, the former Speaker yep. of the House, uh, Tip O'Neill, in the United States. A um, big, big personality. Yep, and who was, who was Speaker for, what, 10 years mm. during the Carter and Reagan administrations. During the storming of the Capitol today, uh, one of the people who stormed the Capitol tried to steal a portrait of Tip O'Neill. <laughs> and this gentleman was carrying a taser uh, tucked into his belt, as was the style at the time. <laughs> and he set off his own taser and tased himself in the balls so hard that he died. So... <laughs> A gentleman who tased himself in the balls to death while trying to steal a portrait of Tip O'Neill while trying to storm the Capitol building and institute a violent coup. I think that's all of fame worthy. Yeah, well, I, I guess by definition, he's only got just the tip left. So uh, I suppose there's a link there between Marnus and the Tip O'Neill uh, th- thief, or, or, you know, um, late attempted, thief, if you yeah. attempted thief, yeah. but thief. Well, look, given the day that, that's been in America, I mean, mm-hmm. I, I find it hard to split them. Let, let's, go with, let's go with Tip, knowing that in, in, in all probability, Marnus will be back in the Hall of Fame yeah, at some Marnus, point. Marnus is very Maybe likely. even tomorrow. He's very Hall of Fame-esque, isn't he? He, he was will. in the anti-Hall of Fame last week. Yeah, he'll give it another go. And tomorrow, you sort of have a feeling that maybe Smith's just going to come back and make shitloads because that looks like a, a very good batting wicket um, as it's going to ease into the Test match. I'd be surprised if Australia don't bat gigantic here. Saini's ball to Pekofsky was an aberration. He was too short on the hole. Mm-hmm. Siraj bowled very nicely, but without a degree of luck. Uh, Boomer's doing a lot of heavy lifting, as is Ashwin. Jadeja only used for three overs, which in itself is a, a point we brushed over earlier. I just feel like it's got the preconditions for Australia going huge tomorrow now they've laid this foundation. Mm. All right. Well, it'll be um, on that first bit for them to try to squeeze something out, and then yep. I, I suppose when the second new ball comes along. Uh, we'll be back to bring you all of the information about what did happen on the second day rather than guessing what will happen. And before we go, if we've said it a couple of times, but throughout the week we'll be in Melbourne, not Sydney, of course, and that 
that'll mean we're shooting in all sorts of interesting places. So if you haven't yet uh, transitioned from podcast to YouTube and you want to see what we look like, we had a couple of messages last week <laughs> saying, oh, you don't look like a caricature quite so much. Well, maybe not anymore anyway. Yep. Um, you can uh, see us. Thanks to Cam Fink, who's just doing a spectacular job shooting us at the moment. And I'm sure this will be a, a beautiful video to visit on the Final Word YouTube page, which is very easy to find. Yep. And if you want to support the show, patreon.com slash the final word. Jeff Lemon, Adam Collins, India Daily. We'll see you tomorrow. Bye, guys. I had to go about it.